0: A show that delves into the mystery of mystery.
1: Bad dating shows and even worse dating advice.
0: I'm Sam Laboudi.
1: And I'm Andrea Springer.
0: And this is...
1: Helpless Helpless Romantics. Romantics. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Welcome
0: to Helpless Romantics. Uh, It's been a while, but um, we decided to do another um, random one-off episode to take a little break away from the pickup artist's. Um, Because the reaction to the first one was amazing. Yeah. Um, I think it's still our second most listened to episode aside from episode one of our Pickup Parts review. So people have been asking us to do one. A lot of people said that that's their favorite. So, you know, you got to give the people what they want and you got to give it to them about a month after you probably should (laughs) have. In typical Helpless Romantics fashion, we uh, probably should have done another one a while ago, you know. Sorry that we've been slightly inconsistent, but we're trying to uh, get a lot of different things going with this podcast, so um, we haven't been able to post as regularly. But we're going to get on that. I yeah, we're yeah. getting
1: back on the horse. Yeah,
0: and so uh, the first one was just a basic kind of get to know you thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to follow sort of on that trend at the beginning here, because mm-hmm. I mean, there's still so much that <clears throat> you know people don't know. I mean, it's only been you know a few episodes here. We wanted to start off with because we both have great, like, um, childhood stories. Yeah. That we realized. Like, when we first started dating, that was one of the things we did was, like, oh, what are your best, like, funniest childhood stories? And we noticed that we both had a lot of crazy, like, really, really fun ones. ones. Especially me, like, I was fucking wild. (laughs) Um, I might just jump right off because I was, like, an incredible liar. (laughs) I don't know why I felt the need to lie, and they were never, like, heinous lies. They were always just, like, weird, crazy stories and things. I think that's why I got into stand-up, is I had this weird knack for, like, very convincingly telling, like, a false story that I had made up that day, but being able to get people for some reason to believe it, no matter how crazy it was. (laughs) And one of them was, um, I had got assigned to a table with two of the cutest girls in second grade. And so, at that point in time, Hansen was the thing. Oombop <laughs> was fucking all over the place. And honestly, I loved it, and I still love umombop. I'm gonna like, I don't care, guilty pleasure or not, whatever. But my plan was to tell these girls that I was the secret fourth member of Hansen. <laughs> Now, for those of you listening who don't know what I look like, imagine a very, very small, black-haired, brown-eyed, very, very tan Italian boy trying to pass himself off as a member of Hanson.
1: In second grade.
0: Uh, oddly enough, they weren't buying it. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we don't see you in the music videos. I'm like, yeah, I only perform with the boys live. Because, you know, <laughs> I got school. I'm My priority is school out here in Rochester, and they're off doing their thing. But, you know, on live shows, I pop up there. And correct me if I'm wrong... Didn't the Jonas Brothers have, like, a younger brother that they would bring out live sometimes? Yeah. So, like, oddly enough, that is kind of a thing. So, you know, I was within the realm of, you know, reality uh, to a degree.
1: Yeah, you were definitely not they, their brother at
0: I could not sell it to them. Like, <laughs> I was really good at lying, but I couldn't sell it to these two girls. And I was like, listen, you want me to prove it to you? I'll fucking prove it to you. And I said, recess. Meet me by the slide. <laughs> and when we... Arrived under the slide, and by the way, it was the two girls and then one random dude from my class that I did not invite to this performance. And the whole time, I'm like, "Get the hell out of here, man! <laughs> I'm trying to do my fucking Oombop thing. You trying to like encroach on this, <laughs> or maybe he had a crush on me or something and heard? Or this m- is a maybe private performance. just maybe just a big Hanson fan. I mean, I mean, if you get a chance to hear oom-bop a acapella under a slide from the fabled fourth member of Hanson, you got to take that chance. I proceeded to perform what I still stand by and recall as a fucking flawless rendition of Um... Bob a cappella. I swear to you. I swear to you. And this is not just me like really blowing up the past. This was incredible. Mm-hmm. The voice of some kind of lying a small Italian boy angel. <laughs> um, All right. And after that, I don't remember much after that other than. I don't recall them really talking much to me after, (laughs) or buying it, or dating me, or being fans of me as Hanson, so I guess it didn't work, but it doesn't change the fact that that one dude in the back definitely probably still tells the story about how a little boy slayed Umba (laughs) live in elementary school. And that's my first one, and the first of many lie stories. I got a great amount of those.
1: A little lie. You want to go with one? Yeah, um, so we when I was a kid, had a very, very large dog. We had an Akita. Mm-hmm. Um, like, easy, like, three times my size yeah, what when was I was the name? small. Her name was Kiko. Oh, nice. And um, my parents, um, like, dug this, like, poop pit for her. <laughs> they dug this, like, large poop pit for her mm-hmm. because, like, her poops were, like, horse poops. Yeah. Um, like, gigantic. And mm-hmm. they, like, covered it uh, with this, like... Um like PVC material kind mm-hmm. of like cover um and this one time yeah D-I-Y.
0: uh DIY poop hole I like that. DIY
1: pe- poop hole, yeah. hole. that's yeah. not what it was um, um it was a people into the ground if you, all yeah. you wanted to look at was dog poop yeah um, which I do uh, <laughs> um, and one time um I managed to kick the cover away, mm-hmm. and fall into the hole Oh, of poo. no.
0: How deep was this hole of poo? It was, like,
1: three feet deep. Oh, my God. How much
0: poo was in there? <laughs> it was a so lot. you could have, like, drowned to death in doggy poo. Yeah.
1: How big were you? I was, I don't how know. How old were you was this time? Like six or seven.
0: So you couldn't have been that much no, taller than three a, feet.
1: I was a little, what,
0: little So what have. happened? I
1: had to be, like... Rescued out of this poop hole yeah. by my parents, and they was it
0: similar to this like cave situation with those kids where they were trapped in? The yes, cave? So it was, it was exactly like all like over the news. Elon like, Musk save, got a helicopter. Yeah, Elon, Elon Musk was like, "I've created the perfect poop based submarine <laughs> to save little baby Andrea." Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and so they had to they had to like dig me out of there, or I think just probably just grab me. Yeah, and then washed me off in the kitchen sink because mm. I wasn't allowed to go oh, upstairs man. because I was covered Damn. in poop.
0: I have two stories related to this that just reminded me of. One, I'm not sure if I'm going to tell, but <laughs> the one directly related, we are hanging out at our friend's house and it was so hot and it was summer and we were like, man, I wish we had a pool. And they we're all like, dudes, fuck it. We can make a pool. Oh my what gosh. is a pool other than a ground in the hole filled with water, gentlemen? Let's-a get digging. <laughs> So, we spent all day digging this gigantic hole in these people's front lawn. Oh my God. We got the hose, brought it around from the back, and we filled it to the brim with water. And we all fucking dove in. And if you can imagine what happens when you fill a ground hole with yeah. water, it just becomes a mud hole. <laughs> so, we are dripping with mud. And their parents come home, and to their credit, I don't remember them flipping out completely, clearly pissed, but I do remember all of us. And this was the 90s when this could fly, I guess. I guess I don't know how else you would deal with it. But it had us all stand in the backyard naked as they just shot this hose at us <laughs> to hose us down.
1: The little tiny pig boy. And our
0: shame. And we were just like, you fucking ungrateful bastards. <laughs> We've spent all day building you a luxurious mud pool. <laughs> and this is how we are repaid." People think
1: thousands of dollars for that. can I give you my other
0: hose yes. down as a child story? Oh, God. Oh, my God. This one. This one is great. So... I have, um, I'm the youngest of four, mm-hmm. so I basically survived on hand-me-down clothes, and I was always waiting for when my older brother Chris would grow out of his dope shark t-shirt. <laughs> think of the dopest t-shirt you can think of with a shark on it. This was it, and I finally inherited it, and I was so stoked Down it wore it all the time. And on our birthdays, sometimes we would spend time, we would go and sleep over at our aunt and uncle's house. It was like a weird tradition, and they'd take us out to dinner. It was a lot of fun. And so I was up in the morning and my aunt was getting ready for work at like 6 in the morning. She gets up really early to get all together, to get her hair all done. She's in the bathroom for a while. And I have to poop.
1: But I don't <laughs> want to
0: be rude and interrupt her because I know she has like a really long. Pr- she wakes up, she would wake up super early to get this done. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching infomercials just like, gotta hold in this poop, I gotta <laughs> hold in this poop. And it's taking forever. And finally, there comes a point, especially as a child, when you can no longer hold in a poop. No. And it's coming. But the trajectory of this poo defies yeah. physics. Like, you know how they talk about JFK, where it's like, how could the bullet have, like, <laughs> curved or whatever? This poop came out of my butt and went directly in one log stream up my back.
1: Oh, just one log God. came
0: out. This is gross. I'm sorry, but it happened. And just went straight directly up my back because I was sitting <laughs> down. And it just forced it upward. And so I clenched the shirt to, like, have it not fall up. Stumped, like, waddled over to the freaking door, knocked in. And I was like, hey, uh, Aunt Liz, is it cool if I just, like, come in real quick, you know? And she's yeah. like, oh, okay, honey. I go in there, and I'm in there for way too long, <laughs> making way too much of a ruckus, thinking, how do I... First of all, my first priority was, how do I save this shark? <laughs> like, I don't want to throw this out, but it is covered in poo, so I'm trying to wash that, trying to get all of it into the bathroom, clean myself up. They eventually realized that, like, a commotion is happening. And my uncle finally comes in to see me just covered, like, back back to toe, not head to toe, in poop, holding this just poop-covered now Amazing Shark t-shirt, just looking at him, just like, "Uh, I had to go. And then he's just like, i got to deal with this shit at (laughs) 6 in the morning. You know, like, I invite these kids to come sleep over and not, like, you know, this is not how he's trying to spend his morning. (laughs) And so he gets me in the freaking bathtub, and he has to, like, find some way to, like, Hose me down from a distance I think he's wearing like rubber gloves so as to not have to touch any of this so you were and like we 14
1: had... at the time no
0: I don't know how it was like <laughs> 9 I must have been uh, there's still a picture I found of me in the shark t-shirt and I, maybe I'll post that for you guys to see how dope it is but um, yeah and then sadly had to watch them bag up obviously all the clothes including that shirt so somewhere in a landfill somewhere is a poop covered amazing shark oh, no. T-shirt from Sam. So Lipp- find <laughs> it, hose it off. Yeah, so find it, hose it off, send it back to me, and I well, I probably won't wear it. It's disgusting,
1: and also too small.
0: Also too small, probably at this point. Um, well, I was a fat kid, so maybe <laughs> I've grown. I uh, feel like a little belly Yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead.
1: Okay. Um. So this one is pretty short. Um. But this one time, I was obviously a very anxious child. As was I. And I um. This one time I was, like, putting bug spray on, and I accidentally inhaled some. Mm. And I just spent, like, the next four hours, like, planning my, like, final rites and just, like, coming to terms with death. How do I
0: tell my parents that I'm clearly going to die (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's like that thing. Writing your last will (laughs) and testament. It's like that thing where, like... You're like, if you had the chance to tell someone if you Mm -hmm. were dying in advance, would Mm -hmm. you? And, like, I was, like, convinced that that was going to happen. Please
0: avenge me and destroy that bug spray. (laughs) Let me see what I got here. Oh, um, one of my... Um, oldest friends. His name is Chris. I don't know if I'll use his last name. His name is Chris. I met him in first grade. We're still great friends to this day. Uh, I once drunkenly in Toronto screamed at him that he'd be my my best man, which I feel now legally I'm obligated regardless of what happens. But um, me and him had a lot of our craziest stories. Uh, Speaking of Hanson, I decided to take my amazing singing talents into the world of parody. And (laughs) me and him developed a band called The Cookie, now, the reason it was called The Cookie is because all of our songs were cookie-based parodies. <laughs> A lot of them maybe holiday-themed because it was around Christmas, so it was it was, it was, it was, Oh, Oreo, oh, Oreo, oh, how I love you, Oreo. Mark's favorite You taste cookie. so sweet and yummy <laughs> when you're in my tummy. I remember these lyrics, and we would have, because um, it was winter, so we had to be inside in our classroom for recess. And we would have full-blown concerts. Because I don't know where the teacher was. I think at this point, like, maybe she would just leave for periods of time. And we would rush. And we had roadies. We had janitors. We had cleanup crew who would set up the chairs, break it down or whatever for us. And we would do these performances... And we had, like, crazed fans. I remember printing up on my dot matrix printer for my Tandy computer <laughs> pictures of generic clip art cookies that we would sign for people. <laughs> we would get chased by girls like we were the Beatles. It was cookie mania. I remember being really, really upset that all the girls were way more into Chris than me. Like, he was getting chased a lot more than I was. Um. And so it caused... Like, uh, it was like a Yoko situation, like, yeah. but in with the miss of the cookies. And at one point, like, we had, like, a falling out, and we broke up because he wanted to go hang out with all these girls. And I was like, nah, man, it's about the band. It's about the art. It's about the cookie. And he's like, I don't know. I kind of... No girls ever talked to me before this, and now they are, so I'm going to kind of ride this way. It's
1: classic story. I don't
0: blame him because uh, it was another ten years before I talked to <laughs> Um girl.
1: So, when I was a kid, I... um drew a comic which i thought and actually still stand by thinking it was super funny funny. um and it was a comic about the trix rabbit
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and how uh the trix rabbit could never get a taste of the trix Cereal, mm-hmm. um, and he had built up a lot of anger and bitterness and resentment about this. And of I course. was kind of in of course, the yeah. in the corner of the Tricks Rabbit in this situation. Yeah. I, I mean, just thought I it was, was shitty. Che- that I am too in this story. Just wouldn't fucking let him. It's
0: pull. one bowl of like cereal. Like you can get it for like two ninety nine at the market. Right? Come like come. it's come his
1: cereal. He is the he's on, Tricks he, Rabbit. He's on the freaking
0: cover. Yeah, what? he deserves at least one trick.
1: He deserves a cut. Co- <laughs> one trick. Um. And so i I drew this comic, um where he lured the kids into an abandoned warehouse um and then detonated a bomb inside of it, mm-hmm. so they all died, and yeah. he finally got the tricks finally. and he tried the tricks, and he didn't like it.
0: That's hilarious where right? he's like. Ah, finally, I get the tricks. He's like,
1: mm, not for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not a fan. I think That's literally hilarious. I think literally the quote was mm, ooh, yucky.
0: That's hilarious. And I know didn't your parents read that and get like very yeah, concerned? Yeah, they were like. Oh. Kinda rightfully so, but if you really look at it, it's like, oh no, this is like creative and humorous for an, like Oh a kid. Henry
1: style mm-hmm. short story.
0: And speaking of my friend Chris and comics, again, we had all kinds of crazy schemes. Me, Chris, and our friend Joe. Um, had a comic book company that we started, and it was like gangbusters. Successful. You guys were
1: full of creative endeavors. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, for sure. We had a jar where people would pay for their comics, and eventually it loaded up to I'm not lying like fifty dollars. Like some of them might would just be like one. Some of them we would sell for like a quarter. They were called um, funnies. They were like <laughs> one strip, like something you would see in like the Sunday papers. And the we, me and Chris found some of them. We looked through them. And we noticed every single one of them. The recurring joke is someone dies, and then one of the characters just throws them in a garbage can and then walks away, and they go out the other day. <laughs> which I still think is actually a funny. It's like everyone just eventually someone dies, and they just go up, oh, throw them in trash, I'm into and that's it. kind of funny. Yeah. We had all kinds of comics, and it was like Fat Man instead of Batman. We had Stick Man <laughs> and Stick Kid, which was just stick people because we could not draw very much. There was Broccoli Man, and he was like fighting against fruit because it was a like battle versus good and evil. For some reason, we were on the side of broccoli being good. <laughs> and I think that was made by me and probably because I fucking love broccoli. Andrea knows that, it's like... True. Like, for, for a tubby dude, I'm crazy about vegetables and broccoli. Yeah. Um, and eventually, some kids wanted to be a part of it, so they would submit us, like, comics they made to, like, try and be a part of it. One kid's was just called Hi and had a character with a shirt that said Hi and all of his lines were just Hi and then it ended... It was very clear that there was a difference in creativity between us and the rest of the class. And we were like, yeah, sorry, man. Like, I don't know if this is good enough. And so he and all of his friends went crazy, and they boycotted us. My first grade (laughs) class was crazy. Our teacher was great, and he would let us, like, go off on all these endeavors. And they boycotted us. They had picket signs, and they boycotted us, and they demanded their money back. And we had a sit-down with our teacher where he's like, boys, I'm sorry. I know that you've been working hard, and you like these comic stuff, but, like... You got to give these kids their money back cuz I think he started to realize like this isn't above board like no. these kids aren't going to pay their taxes on these <laughs> these these comic book sales and like he probably shouldn't have allowed us to take money in the first place. Thought it was innocent, I'm sure. Thinking like they'll get a few nickels, but we made like straight fifty dollars. Kids were like getting <laughs> money from their parents to come buy our comic books. How
1: was how was your first grade class like a microcosm of the entertainment industry? Well, this
0: was fifth grade. Oh, okay. First grade was how- very uneventful. But yeah, this is fifth grade. Okay. In first grade. um, uh, DIY comic things wouldn't fly. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't until fifth grade that they allowed that.
1: Okay, but how was your elementary school experience? Like a microcosm of you, the entertainment industry. We went
0: to the best. Like me, Chris, and our friend Paige, also always tell you we went to the best elementary school. They were very like innovative. We all like every room had computers. Like this is the nineties, so like oh, that's yeah. crazy. And it was very like cutting edge. Where they were like. Really let us, some teachers, explore like weird creative, like the impulses we had, you know? They tried to teach us how to make websites and like do PowerPoints. And we, like, our PowerPoint was like, we did one for the project, one for fun, where it was just like, trying to make a video because you can have animation so it'd be like a guy throwing a football and like doing a dunk
1: anyway that's
0: all beside the point do you have another
1: yeah so i have a couple um so when i was 14 um i was having a slumber party with some Mm -hmm. of my friends and uh we were playing truth or dare and this one girl that was our friend dared all of us to go out the next morning um and, like, stand on the little highway next to my house and, um, like, moon people. <laughs> and so we ended up, um, after, like, waiting for, like, ten cars. this is a
0: big thing. Yeah. Like, I used to moon people all the time, and yeah. they would get major laughs. I wish I could just do that now, to go on stage and just be like, look and everyone yeah. would be like, stand standing in the And be like, bravo, bravo, the next George Carlin. I keep trying. <laughs> yeah. Truly,
1: um, and so after waiting for like ten cars to pass by because we were like, "Well, that has that one has kids in it, yeah. and like all this stuff." We ended up mooning some like trucker, mm-hmm. and then he like drove back and was like, "You girls should stop doing that. So this. This oh, is dangerous. Yeah, um, that's scary. It was super scary." Um, and then um, being the like weird little like. Christian kid that I am I immediately ran home and told my parents <laughs> that we had done it.
0: This is a great thing about every story you tell me from your childhood is you do something to be sneaky and mischievous but instantly tell your parents about it to defeat the whole purpose oh, of yeah, being rebellious. I could
1: not keep you just a couldn't. That
0: Christian guilt was yeah, strong within was you. It was
1: strong... Because you have to confess.
0: As opposed to me. For I had sin. no guilt. None whatsoever. Probably could have used a Probably dash of that. Yeah.
1: Well, for all your lying.
0: Yeah, I know. Speaking of lying, they would get ridiculous. And Chris Sider... Uh, oh, I mentioned his last name. I don't it's know. Okay. I'll ask him if it's okay. I found these minds. It. And it's just like, they're innocent stories from my childhood. Um, this kid would defend me till the end of the world. Like, Sam is my friend. He wouldn't lie. Because a lot of kids would buy my crazy lies. But some of them would catch on like... Yeah, Sam, I don't think you broke every bone in your body last week when your brother threw you off the roof into a flaming dumpster. <laughs> and I'd be like, Uh, yeah, I did. And stop being a jerk, Tommy. And Tommy was a jerk, to, be a, mm. to in my defense. And Chris would be like, I don't care what any of you say. Sam did break all his bones last <laughs> week, and it's fine now. <laughs> and, like, I told them all that, um, I had been brought in to replace Michael Jordan when he retired from the Bulls. <laughs> and... I was just like, yeah, you know, like, I've been, you know, doing basketball and stuff on my own. They wanted someone, you know, who's just as good as Mike, who could come and bring some fresh, you know, young energy to the team. And it was me. And my proof was my Michael Jordan jersey that I bought from the store. And they were <laughs> like, yeah, I'm that good. They gave me his jersey.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Yeah. No, but kids are stupid. A lot of them were like, that's amazing. I'd <laughs> tell them about, like, you know, oh, I have to go, you I know, to face... I have to go to Face the Kings this weekend, so I'll be out of town. You know, we're going to really prepare, I think. Um, I don't know why my GPS randomly just told yes. me my gest- destination is on the it's right. On the right. I did silence it, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, he would always defend me, which I guess oh, is why I drunkenly yelled that he'd be my first man.
1: His first, Your first man? Those are man. all my,
0: like, good, um, real real childhood ones.
1: Okay, I've got um, maybe one or two more.
0: I've got one from high school that's kind of funny. Right. I'll keep going.
1: So, um... When I went from homeschool to real school in Mm -hmm. fourth grade, uh, it was a little bit of an adjustment process for both me and my mom. Of course, of course, yeah. And we were doing dioramas of covered wagons in the fourth grade. Yeah. Um, And my mom like, basically did the whole thing for me, like, she, like, decked the shit out of this wagon. Like, it was, like, it was so legit. Like, it was super cool. Mm. And we had, like, little dog toys to be, like, the dog and, like, the whole little family. It was, like, super cool.
0: My family would help me with my dioramas, but then they were always garbage because my parents and me were lazy and would try to (laughs) do it the the night before and be like, all right. And, like, one time, like... They caught on, so they gave me the tomb of the unknown soldier, which was like basically like nothing. Yeah. So and even that I kinda like didn't do it. I was just like, all right, here's a piece of styrofoam, like, I guess that's the tomb. <laughs> like, whatever, you guys.
1: Um, but so like I brought it in the next day and like everyone just turned against me. Like they were so mad because yeah. like
0: Oh, you always hate the kid who has the clearly amazing dialogue Oh on my it's like, God. hey, and, and especially when you're the kids, this wasn't never me. Who did a great one on their own, and you can tell like your parents helped you, and that's why that's so yeah. dope. <laughs> yeah, hard, no, you know? like
1: it. There was like there was not a chance in hell that I could have done this in fourth grade. No. Like my mom like sewed the like working the like, devices to create like, yeah. the top, and like there was like a wire frame mm-hmm. and everything. My mom helped me a lot with dioramas up through like middle school. Like mm-hmm. we created a working waterfall one time. Oh, God, that's like she, like my mom is like a cr- like like crazy at DIY stuff like. Mm-hmm. She's like redoing our whole bathroom now, and she like learned how to do the plumbing and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. No, like mom's she's amazing. super legit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the whole like fourth grade class immediately turned yeah. against me in that moment. But they start calling
0: nice. you fake diorama Andrea. Oh, I wish I could have made that and rhyme. One song. Diorama Mama.
1: Big Diorama Mama. That's that was a pretty a, good one. Yeah, and it's strong and it, and it, it haunts my um, I have the one dreams. from
0: high school. I don't even think it's that good. We're at 24 minutes and I want to get to this end part. Um, I've desperately been trying to come up with a freaking catchphrase. I
1: know. But they
0: keep being ones that already exist. And I get so excited about them and then someone blows me in. Like my first one was, and check this out, you got to get the whole vibe. I slide into a room. My hands are out. I slide in like on my feet.
1: Or wearing I, roller I, skates. Or
0: ro- wearing roller skates. And I say, anybody got some cheese? Now, this worked a bunch of times. I would use it. People thought it was hilarious and great. And then I found out, this is apparently, like, kind of just like a Steve Urkel catchphrase, <laughs> right? Like, I guess he would say something similar or, like, always ask people for... I don't know if he said, anybody got some cheese. And definitely didn't slide into the room that cool. But definitely would be like, mm, got cheese? Or like, ooh, is there cheese? Because, like, they tried, I guess, a bunch until they got to Did I Do That? Yeah. But that was disappointing. My second one, which, um... It was, um, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. And I was so excited about it, and you'd never told me, because I was, like, telling you before recording one of our episodes, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to drop my catchphrase at the end, that's so hilarious, that's so great. (laughs) And you let me go with it, and I think, I don't know how, like, you thought maybe I was just like, oh, I want to make this already catchphrase, my catchphrase. No, it wasn't until right when we were sitting down, where you let me in on the fact, that's apparently just been a thing for, like... how I did never,
1: you not know that's the cool do thing no
0: I've never heard of it I must have heard it subconsciously just like the cheese thing like these catchphrases that are amazing get in my head and then I speak them out into truth and I think that they're reality and then I landed on the best I can come up now which I'm almost certain is definitely not a real catchphrase but is it good it's just I'm that dentist <laughs> man you know who I am baby I'm that dentist I'm not a dentist and I don't know what it even implies but <laughs> it's at least original can that work I mean, I got the pickup artist. That's kind of a tweet trend. Can you tweet at me your ideas for catchphrases or tweet at me uh, on that dentist if you think that's a good one? Do you have any, Andrea? Yeah,
1: I have some, but they're all cereal themes. Oh,
0: I love cereal. I eat cereal all the time. All right, so. Andrea's watched me eat just directly out of the box. Um, half a box of raisin and bran with a spoon with Which no is milk. It's so disgusting. It's delicious. I love it. Keeps me regular.
1: Oh my god. Go um ahead. so the first one is uh there better be a prize in that box.
0: Ooh, like cereal box with yeah. the bronch. Oh. But that sounds kind of sleazy. It's like a vagina box oh,
1: and it's not that's it sleazy. It works Ooh, out. I don't like it, it now. Weird. It's weird. Yeah. They'll
0: mention that in the next episode of the pickup products, um, I'm sure. Okay. Okay, next one. the
1: second one is just crunchitize me, Captain.
0: See, that's already a catchphrase with a different inflection and I don't know if it counts. I th- like, yeah. anybody got some cheese. I don't think he technically said that. I think he might have been like, who's got cheese? But, it, you know, it's close enough it doesn't count.
1: You okay, know? you're right. You might get sued by the Captain Crunch industry. Yeah,
0: and Steve Urkel. And Go Steve ahead. Urkel.
1: Okay, and the last one, again, is an- another one that is just a different catchphrase. I think I'll but get sued just... by the
0: original guy who bought the first t-shirt. And make you kind.
1: Uh... This one is just snap,
0: crackle, and pop. See, again, this is so close to the other ones Mm. that I feel like I would get sued and it wouldn't count. I'll never get there. The search
1: continues. Yeah,
0: I guess I'll just casually start start saying I'm that dentist. Hope people like it. Maybe, you know what? It's been long enough. Urkel, and you know what? Urkel found his catchphrase. It's not fair that he gets to hoard his failed catchphrases. You know what? Maybe anybody got that? Got some cheese is is my thing. I'm going to email. Wait, I thought it
1: was give me that beef.
0: Oh, no. Oh oh, 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 give me that beef. Oh, 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 give me that beef is original, yeah. right? Give me that beef. Is it?
1: Well, is I it? mean, it's kind of like the where's the beef is it? lady.
0: Oh, no, God. Now I'm crushing myself. Please, again, tweet at us if give me that beef somehow is a catchphrase. It might be. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go with either give me that beef or anybody got some, uh, some cheese. They all not, need to be I will related. email Jaleel White, who played Steve Urkel, to run it by him, see if he's cool with it. I mean, me and him, obviously. Pretty close, tight, just like that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when you played for the Chicago Bulls, I'm sure you got to meet him. Yeah,
0: because it's, you know, Family Matters was based in Chicago. So when I was playing, I was hanging out with Jaleel all the time. Me and Erkman, me and Erkman were killing it. And we did have some cheese. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So on that note, anybody got some cheese? Give me that beef and I'm that dentist. So signing off for Helpless Romantics (laughs) is Sam Laboudi.
1: I'm Andrea Springer. And we hope you have a good time. See you next time.